As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This episode of the Creep Street Podcast is brought to you by Martini Coffee Roasters. You know, people always look at me weird when I say I start off every morning with a big old martini. But then I set them straight and I tell them I'm talking about Martini Coffee Roasters Coffee. A delicious coffee made by the Martini family. They roast their coffee using a traditional method of sight and sound to roast those little babies to perfection. And they also sell green coffee beans for those home roasters out there. And right now, fans of the Creep Street podcast can get 20% off their entire order by using the code CREEPSTREET at martinicoffee.com. Once again, for 20% off your order, use the code CREEPSTREET at martinicoffee.com. Martini Coffee Roasters, the perfect coffee to keep you creeps caffeinated. You've taken a wrong turn. Down Creep Street. Citizens of the Milky Way, this is Maureen Bogey. And I'm Dylan Hackworth. And you are listening to the Creep Street Podcast. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh, darn it. I cannot believe you guys are here listening to us. I am quite literally overflowing with gratitude. Please. And gosh darn it, thank you, you're here. Thank God you're here. Thank God you're here, for real. So if you want to be kept up on all the kooky, crazy things that we've got going, feel free to follow us on Twitter at CreepStreetPod, Facebook and Instagram at CreepStreetPodcast. We also have a smaller group within our Facebook group called Citizens of the Milky Way. Oh, yeah. Please feel free to check that out. Now, if one episode a week isn't enough for you. And it's not. It isn't. It's not, chump. It it's isn't. not. Don't lie to yourself. You. The first step to healing is admitting that you need more creep street. That's right. And the good news is you can get that. Okay. So uh, stop freaking out. That's it's right. It's going to be great. Like, don't even stress about it anymore because you can head on over to patreon.com slash creep street podcast. And you can check that out for all sorts of fun bonus goodies, anywhere from full bonus episodes to movie commentary to scary stories. Yes. Really the whole dang gamut. Oh, yeah. Also, in just a few weeks, well, more than a few weeks, in a, about a month's time, we will be at the lovely 
Fear Fair in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's right. September 25th, Saturday, September 25th at Area 15, which is a new, I think it just opened last year. It's like this new, awesome, like interactive convention center. It looks so fun. It looks like a blast. Yeah, so we're going to be there. So if you are able to get to Vegas or if you live in Vegas, please feel free to come over and and hang out with us, chat with us. And uh, we're really looking forward to it. But that's not all. On November 19th through the 21st, we will be at Days of the Dead. That's right. Which is the great horror conference here in the Chicago area. It's in Rosemont. We are so excited to be there. That's right. So any sort of, if you can come to Chicago, we would love to see you there. Any Chicago peeps, if you want to just take a drive out and see us, we would love to hang. We're so excited for these. These are our first two in-person events. And Absolutely. we're really excited. Very excited about it. Yes, so if you're able to, feel free to check those out. It's the Fear Fair and Days of the Dead. That's right. Now, Dylan. Oh, yeah? I'm excited for today. Oh, please be. I'm, it's, it's freaky. I'm, I'm ready to learn because this is a story I don't know much about, and I, I think we're about to find out more. Oh, we're about to find out a whole lot more, ladies and gentlemen, because today's episode is... Please pop off. Curse of the Chain Strangler. Farts, that's spooky. And my sources. First, an article called Anatomy of a Ghost Story, The Search for Carl Pruitt by Jason B. at cultnation.com. Then The Murderous Ghost of the Chain Strangler by Brent Swanser at Mysterious Universe. Smiley, A Texas Ghost by Ken at onedustytrack.blogspot.com. And Do You Dare, Black Agnes, Sit on Her Lamp and You Might Die at thevermonter.com. Wow. Okay. I'm excited. Well, this is... Oh, boy. This is a, this is certainly going to be a special episode because this episode is coming out on Friday the 13th. Of course. How have I not mentioned that? Happy Friday the 13th, everyone. If you're not at Camp Crystal Lake, you are lucky because you're not going to uh, get killed by Jason. Uh, happy holidays to you all. And on top of that, the next day, the 14th, we're going to be having what is essentially our second wedding. Yes, we got divorced, but we're getting remarried. That's right. Now, now, uh, as many of our listeners know, we were originally married on Samhain on Halloween last yes. year. But obviously, because of everything going on, we weren't able to have the big bash we had planned. So mm-hmm. it was just like an intimate wedding with just family. But now we're actually going to, you know, get down a little bit with yeah. friends, family, and stuff like that. So we're really looking forward to it. And given the nature of this episode, we figured it would be a perfect perfect fit. Yes. Get ready for a super scary ghost story about a spurned lover. <gasps> Ooh, okay, everyone. So maybe sit around a campfire if you have the ability to do that. Yeah. Maybe turn down the lights if you're inside. Maybe spark up a joint if that's your Woo! thing. Maybe just get a crisp Diet Coke if that's more your vibe. Absolutely. What I'm trying to say is get cozy, get ready to be scared. Now, With most of the stories we cover, with some exceptions, even the most malevolent entities typically don't straight up murder the living. They may drive the living insane enough to the point they either hurt themselves or other people. But Mm -hmm. with some exceptions, of course, they rarely actually kill themselves. 
Some exceptions would include our one of our recent episodes, Berkeley Square. Right, um, that's right. Perhaps the most famous version of this is the Curse of King Tut. Oh, it's probably of probably the most famous yes. notion of a cursed grave or a curse a spirit exacting revenge. Yes, and we did an episode on the Curse of yes, King Tut. Yes, back so. in back last summer. Yes, go so check feel that free, out. Yeah, if you're interested in that. Yeah. Now this story revolves around the notion of a curse and whether or not you believe the victims in the story we're about to tell. If whether you believe they were actually victims of a curse or not, you're going to have to admit the coincidence in how they all died is extremely fucking weird. Mm -hmm. This is one of those things where it's like, even if some or a lot of this is not true, right? it's still so bizarre and weird. Like something strange is going on. This is like a classic urban legend, but it has considerable grounding in reality. In fact, while researching this, it made me even consider like what curses actually are. And we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. Well, our story takes place, it begins at least, in June of 1938 Mm. in the state of Kentucky and an area of Kentucky called Pulaski County. Okay. It was evening and heading home after a long, hard day of work was a carpenter named Carl Pruitt. And this day was like any other day. Carl would usually head out in the morning, work a full day. He would return home to his wife in the evening. And Carl today was particularly worn out, very hungry, tired. Typically right about this time, his wife would be preparing dinner right about the time he arrived home. And she always welcomed him with a smile. But when Carl arrived home on this day, he walks into his house, but is surprised that his wife is nowhere to be seen. That was odd. So Carl walks around and hears a noise in the bedroom. So he goes to the bedroom and he opens the door and there in bed was his wife with another man. Oh no, oh gosh. Okay, I didn't think we were gonna go. I thought it was gonna be something different. Oh gosh, okay. Well, Carl snapped. Yeah. Carl leapt onto the bed, onto both of them, attacking them both. The man was actually able to wrestle himself away and escaped out the bedroom window. Oh, God, what an asshole. Carl's wife was not so lucky. Oh, fuck. Carl quickly left the room and returned, carrying a chain. (gasps) Wrapping the chain around his wife's throat, Carl strangled her to death. With a chain? With a chain. Oh my God, that is so fucked. Apparently, like right as his wife died, whatever psychotic rage Carl had gone into cleared and he was in absolute shock and horror at what he had done. Hmm. So Carl fetched his pistol, put it to his head Uh. and took his life. Oh no. Now, obviously a crime like this, this violent and tragic, it really rattled this area, this kind of rural area of Kentucky. Oh yeah, I mean, that is- Horrible, just horrible. Traumatizing for everyone, like the whole town, I'm sure. Anyone that knew them, I'm sure it was just like, just hell. As you can imagine, this was really unheard of in this area. And people really just kind of wanted this dark chapter to be closed and forgotten. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the specter that hung over the murder-suicide only grew more grim. Oh no. This is where things began to get weird. Because I was saying, up until now, I don't know if I'm feeling anything paranormal. Oh, yeah. We're about to go to paranormal town. Okay, get on the train, baby. Just a few weeks after Carl was buried, visitors and caretakers at the cemetery began to notice strange things happening on and around Carl's grave. The headstone, in just those few weeks, had seemed to grow discolored. 
as well as what appeared to be almost like rings etched into the surface of the headstone. And these rings were interlaced almost like a chain. The source also says that the grass on top of the grave likewise was strange. There were these circular patches of dead grass that went across the grave almost like a chain. Well, that's so weird. And I also read too that it was like the grass shouldn't have even necessarily have like been there yet anyway. Exactly. Like it grew really fast. It grew really fast too. But in this then it had these like p- that pattern. Yeah. yeah. Well, this kept progressing until witnesses say that these chain-like patches of grass almost seemed to form a cross oh. on the grave. Now, of course, everyone around had heard the tragic tale of what had happened and that Carl had, you know, murdered his wife with a chain. Oh, my God. So seeing these chain-like patterns, whether it was just a coincidence or not, obviously it got people freaked out and it got them gossiping. Oh, of course. How could it not? It got to the point that locals actually asked town authorities to have the headstone replaced and the grounds, like, manicured, Mm. but this request was declined. Oh, God. God forbid they have to do any extra work. Right. Well, as you can imagine, if the murder-suicide wasn't fodder enough for gossip, reports that these unexplainable chain patterns were appearing on the killer's grave just captivated the imaginations of the people even more. Just like what happens today when a specific place becomes famous for scary reasons, it attracts both believers and skeptics. Yes. And also, it just brings a lot of psychic energy. It does. To that specific location. And I don't mean psychic energy like people are psychics. Right. I just mean there are so many different people thinking about right. that in, in such an intense way that, I don't know, maybe that could affect something. Exactly. I don't know. People from all around poured in to see this haunted gravesite. But most people's interest was innocent enough, but of course there's always troublemakers, you know, as well as folks who might try to either provoke the spirits or just vandalize shit. Oh, God. Well, one of these troublemakers was a local boy by the name of James Collins. One night, James was out with his friends, and they were riding their bikes around, and they just so happened to be in the area of the cemetery. And, of course, the conversation turned to this haunted grave of Carl Pruitt's. Mm -hmm. And, of course, this group of kids are talking, and some believe it, some don't. And, of course, as kids do, they begin to dare each other to do shit. Well, James Collins, he was one of these kids who was skeptical and said, You know what? I'm going to throw a rock at the grave just to show how fucking tough I am. Oh, God. Someone's hot rodding. So, according to the sources, James picked up a rock and chucked it at the grave hitting it, and apparently it knocked a chunk of the headstone right off of it. Like, it knocked a chunk of it, like, right off. And so now the boys are like, oh, shit, let's get out of here. Not so much because they're afraid of a ghost, but because they're afraid they'll get in trouble with the adults. Right, with, like, like, the groundskeeper or whatever. Right, we didn't mean to actually, we were just going to toss a thing. We didn't mean to actually break it, you know, so they're like, oh, shit, let's get out of here. Right. So now the boys, they get on their bikes and they pedal like mad out of there. They're riding along and now they're kind of laughing and stuff because they think they've gotten away. But just then, James's bike began to quickly pick up speed (gasps) without explanation. Oh no. Losing control of his bike, James sped off the road and into a tree. (gasps) Somehow, when the bike collided with the tree, The chain and spokes from one of his wheels detached from the bike. The chain wrapped around James's throat (gasps) and strangled him to death. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this is a boy who just got strapped by, but in a freak accident. In in a really weird, I mean, that would have, like, how did that even happen that the chain came off and then went up and around 
around him. And, and it's a bicycle. And obviously, you can get, you can even die if you fall the wrong way on a bicycle. But it's just like, a, like you know, this, the, the just chain. Like, you the know, cha- it just seems like such a unlike. Not that it's impossible, but just like, what are the odds the chain? Did you, and you're on a bicycle. Like you're not like it's not like you're on a motorcycle. Like I said, you could still get seriously hurt. You can still right. die. But it's not like he was on a hog, like Oof. buzzing down the. Right. You know, he's, he's a kid <laughs> on a bicycle. I mean, almost all of us have probably had a nasty wipeout or two on a bike. Oh yeah. Sometime in our childhood or even adult life. But you, yeah, you know. it's just weird that the like the, it seemed like the speed picked up without right, like him. Was, like someone was pushing it. It's really what gets me is the chain strangling yeah. him. I mean, that is bizarre. Sometime later, that group of friends that James was with, you know, of course they're shocked and, and horrified. But when they went back sometime later to look at the grave, they were shocked to find that the chunk that had apparently been knocked off was reattached as if it had never come off of the grave. So like it looked, did it have like a mark on it? No, it wasn't like oh. someone glued it back on. It was literally like it had had it had never happened. In the first place. <gasps> Weird. Yeah. I can't. Oh my god, that must have been so scary for those kids to go back to the grave. Right. <laughs> oh my god. Well, because right now people are half the population thinks it's just a terrible accident, but you you know when you consider the chain, it, think about that. People weren't already freaked out by this murder suicide, this tragic death of James Collins was really kind of the genesis of where the idea that not only did Carl Pruitt kill his wife, but he was capable of killing from beyond the grave. Mm -hmm. This is where the idea that either the grave was cursed or there was a murderous ghost on the loose. That's when people started to think about this, consider this possibility. I'm kind of thinking more about the murderous ghost situation because if this man went and grabbed a chain to murder his wife, Right. I don't care if you're in in a, a rage blackout, you know. Right, right. You don't do that unless if you've already done some fucked up things before. Well, that's the thing. And that that was another point I wanted to talk about. Well, how was this marriage? Because obviously, all of my sources, we don't know anything about their relationship before. I can't imagine it was good. I can't imagine, like, they were 100% happy and then... Well, she was sleeping with someone else. Well, right. So clearly, she, there was some unhappiness because she was having an affair. Right. Well, it's also weird to go get a chain you would think if it was a primal like he would strain with his hands with this exactly that's why this i i don't know for sure what happened but to me it seems like this guy was a motherfucker an asshole a fucking chode yeah and from beyond the grave that energy energy doesn't die and that's science i don't know maybe this chain fucker is out here popping off in kentucky naturally james collins's mother was Heartbroken. Oh my God. And distraught for the death of her son. Of course. But on top of this, she was also furious about the rumors that it was a ghost or some mm. kind of a curse that killed her son. She thought that that was just so rude and disrespectful. Yeah, and I, I, I hear that. I so hear on that. top of her grief, she also began to grow angry at the townsfolk around her. Mm-hmm. And the story goes, one night in a fit of sadness and, and anger, Miss Collins took up an axe and ventured into the graveyard. Oh no. There, she used the axe to destroy the headstone. She bashed it up into like several pieces. Wow. Now, she was out there alone, but folks who lived nearby the cemetery said they could hear the the clunking of the axe, Mm -hmm. you know, hitting the headstone. It doesn't say why a caretaker or anyone didn't convene, but perhaps, you know, people knew that Mrs. Collins was grieving and stuff. Maybe they thought, well, this is destruction of property, but like, who cares? Maybe just best to give her space because she's wielding an axe. Like, let hitting a person and we know this guy was dog shit probably you know he killed his wife let's just let her get this out of her system you know well only a few days later 
Mrs. Collins was out in her yard hanging up laundry on the clothesline. For whatever reason, she apparently lost her balance. <gasps> Falling into the clothesline, oh. she was found dead, the clothesline having apparently strangled her to death with her body suspended <gasps> above the ground. And here's the kicker. The clothesline she used wasn't your typical rope or wire, but a thin chain. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Right. I cannot believe that that happened. That like is impossible. For How can you fall in that way and then like continue falling so right. that it wraps around your neck? I like, know. It just doesn't make wonders, any maybe, sense. Maybe it was higher up and she stood like on a chair or something and fell. I mean, regardless, this is crazy. Crazy, right? Because I'm guessing it says she's suspended off the ground. I'm yeah. guessing not like her feet literally off the ground. I'm guessing maybe part of her was still touching the ground, but it wasn't enough to break the leverage. That the, right, right. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she, she couldn't pick her, put her weight down on her feet maybe or something i mean whatever it was it just this is an Horrifying. absolute freak accident and like you never hear about something like this Horrifying. Like, that's crazy now when the townspeople find the body of mrs collins it of course only cemented in their minds the idea that this was either a ghost or a curse <gasps> you know not only did poor james the boy yeah horrible enough but then his own mother oh and then both with god. chain like that's weird and it, like how that is that fucking weird. poor family whether oh my god whether curse or not you gotta admit that's fucking weird it's so weird it's so weird it's not normal and of course both cases were right after they had each apparently defaced this headstone yes on top of this not far from where the body of miss collins was found was the axe she had used to destroy the headstone which it would have been there because, you know, it was like a household tool. Right. It was apparently all dinged up and dented from where they assumed she had used it to smash the headstone and it was covered in like rock dust. Mm -hmm. But when the townspeople went to see the grave in question, apparently the headstone was there as it <gasps> had always been in perfect condition as if it Weird. hadn't been smashed up. Didn't even show cracks or anything. It was like, like, so, like I said, it wasn't like someone glued this together. Right, it's like nothing ever happened. It's like nothing ever happened. Oh, that's, oh, I don't like that. I'm hoping that the people now are like, yeah, let's move this body. So now it's official in people's minds. Don't fuck with this grave. Yes. Of course, there were still skeptics, but even the skeptics would admit that it was weird that both the mother and son died in that way. Right. Most people, even if they were skeptics, began to steer clear of this place. Oh, I mean, for sure. One of these folks who remained skeptical was a local farmer. And one day, him and three other members of his family, they happened to be passing by the cemetery in a wagon that was drawn by horses. And he's going on about this supposed curse, about this chain strangler. And of course, he's calling it hogwash, calling it bullshit. Mm -hmm. And apparently for some stupid reason, the farmer thought it would be wise to tempt fate. Oh God. Uh... He drew his pistol as they were passing by the headstone in question and fired a shot at it, which actually hit it and apparently knocked some chunks off of it. That's pretty American. Just shoot at it. But wouldn't you know it, that shot from the pistol scared the goddamn horses. Yeah, no shit. And they take off sprinting. Oh, fuck. With the wagon and the family in tow. Oh, no. The three other family members bailed out of the wagon and <gasps> managed to survive despite, you know, some scrapes and bruises. The farmer, however, tried to slow the horses and stayed on the wagon. Oh, no. The horses came to a sharp careen in the road and they made this drastic turn, which I guess threw the farmer off the wagon. And in doing so, he was caught up in the trace chains. <gasps> connected 
connected to the horses. And as you can imagine, with all that horsepower, his neck was snapped like immediately. Like oh. they said he died like instantly. Just the power of the horses, somehow yeah. it literally it would have been boom, just over and done. I mean, if there's any sort of kindness there, there at least he was fast. Oh my God. And of course, when they later inspected the grave, those chunks were, were blown off. The grave looked fine. Oh my God. These are the wildest, like, yeah. nastiest ways, too. It's not just yeah. like, I mean, I don't know what would be like a normal way to die by a chain. Exactly. But, like, th- these are not that. I don't know what the answer is. Exactly. But it's like a bike chain, a chain hanging up like a clothesline, and then dying by the chains in your, like, with your horse and carriage. I don't know yeah. what, yeah, what is it called? The, the trace chains? Trace I, mean, I think chains? that's I think that's, like, what connects the horses to the... the right, I think so, I'm assuming yeah. or so. I, I'm not, I'm sure there's listeners out there that would know better, but... I got thrown off a horse one time, and it's seemed similar to this where it just turned at the last second and I landed on my ass and thankfully I was okay because I landed on my ass. Good for you. Well, now after the death of this farmer, not only do people believe in this story, they are believing it to the point where it's not even fun anymore. It's like part of the real of believing in a ghost story is part of it's, it's kind, like of, kind fun. of exciting. Yeah. Now it's not even cool. No, now it, it, it's actually scary and just fucking kind of like annoying. Even I, like right. I know it like that. It's so tragic, but it's like, can you stop being so dramatic, please? Oh well, now it was to the point where the source says some families who had loved ones buried in that cemetery with the same one that Carl Pruitt was buried, they right. didn't want their loved ones anywhere near his grave. Oh, fuck no. Apparently, many people had their loved ones moved to either a different part of the cemetery or just to a different cemetery altogether. And that is very drastic. And I can also imagine that it's very possible that other graves in that cemetery, but like if you have people coming to see this thing that aren't locals, they might find the wrong, they might destroy the wrong graves. So right. you probably got people who aren't involved with this and their loved ones' graves are getting vandalized. Oh, I'm sure it's just chaos. Y- you know, and that's probably like, you know, fuck you. Yeah, right. So people don't even want to be near this fucking Right. One night, there's two police officers out on patrol. It was a quiet night, and as you can imagine, this is, you know, I think it's rural, or at least somewhat rural Kentucky. There's probably many nights that go by where there's not much for them to, to go do, you right. know? So they're driving around in their patrol car, and they're chatting, and the conversation turns to this haunted grave. Well, they're both pretty skeptical, and they decide, hey, it's such a slow night, why don't we drive over down to the cemetery oh. and check on this headstone? So one of the cops, they get there, and one of the cops says, hey, why don't we take some silly pictures with it? (laughs) Okay. The other cop, who was also skeptic, he wasn't so hot on this idea. His thing was, well, real or not, let's just leave it alone. But after a while, he relented and he uh, went along with it. So the cops posed for some funny pics with the headstone, you know, making funny faces, gestures. So they wrap up their little photo shoot and they get back in the car and they start to drive toward the cemetery exit. Oh no. When behind them in the rear view mirror, they see this strange orb of light appear <gasps> and then it proceeds to follow them. Oh, wow. So we got orbs, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so this is our first time. It's really seeming like, okay, this is more of a ghost rather than a curse. A curse. And we'll talk about that. Like, what, when is, where's that line if this is a ghost or this? Because orbs are, I mean, they're connected with so many different aspects of the paranormal, but right. definitely ghosts for sure. Exactly. Well, now they're fully creeped out, and they sort of put the pedal to the metal to get out of this cemetery. Right. They're getting towards the gates, and they're speeding along when suddenly they lose control of the vehicle. Oh, no. The car went off the road and slammed into a chain fence. (gasps) 
One officer was thrown from the car and luckily would survive with only a few minor injuries, but he hits the ground hard. Boom. You know, he's dazed, of course. And he's, and of course he's scared. He's like, what the fuck did we just run from? Yes. In the car, the other officer was still in the car when it hit this fence, you know. Oh, a chain fence. So the officer that was thrown from the car, he picks himself up and he calls out to his partner, doesn't get a response. Oh no. So he walks towards the car and he's a little banged up himself. He keeps calling to his partner, no response. And when he looks into the car, he sees what happened. When the patrol car made its collision, one of the chains that linked between fence posts went through the car (gasps) and quite literally decapitated (gasps) this other policeman. Some sources it says decapitated, some says nearly decapitated. So either he's headless Nick or nearly headless Nick, one of the two. (laughs) Oh my God. But a chain essentially went through, hit his throat, essentially ripped his head off. They only took some silly goddamn pictures with this fucking headstone. And apparently the officer that suggested taking pictures was the one that was killed, too. Wow, that's fucking scary. How (gasps) horrifying is that? So what are we, is this for? So yeah, there's the boy, his mother, the farmer, now a cop. Yep, you're right. Wow. And then, of course, Carl Pruitt and his wife. Right, exactly. But this is, you know, since. Wow, this is fucking weird. So now the public is terrified of this murderous ghost. Even an officer had now fallen prey, literally had his head ripped off. It wasn't just like, this. now it was someone in authority, too. Right, right. So now, of course, people are going to, like, the government is going to take it more seriously. Exactly. Still, there were those that refused to believe that this string of bizarre deaths was anything other than just wacky coincidences. One of these skeptics was a local man named Arthur Lewis. He was a very vocal skeptic of the story and would constantly mock the idea of it when people would bring it up around him. People, of course, would dare him, well, hey, why don't you go do something about it? Well, one evening, Arthur had finally had enough of all these batshit stories of curses and ghosts. Oh, no. And he wanted to put a stop to it. He made the announcement that that night he was going to the cemetery with a hammer and chisel and he was going to destroy that fucking headstone. Oh, yikes. So that night he did what he said. Arthur Lewis made his way to the grave and he was alone, but folks who lived nearby, apparently they said you could hear the tapping of the chisel and hammer. So they Mm. knew he was doing his work. Right, right. They listened to the sound of this chipping rock when suddenly it was interrupted by a blood curdling (gasps) scream. Now, folks who heard this scream at first thought maybe Arthur was just pulling a prank. But when Arthur didn't return for a few hours, folks became nervous. So a group of locals got together and decided to head down to the cemetery to check on Arthur. And as soon as they arrived, they found him. Not far from the cemetery gates, they found Arthur dead. Oh, my God. Examining the body, they found a chain (gasps) had been wrapped around his neck. And this chain was one that had been used to lock the cemetery gates. Wow. They also found the hammer and chisel that he had been using to work on the headstone. But checking the grave, they found the headstone completely unharmed. Wow. Yeah. One of the chains from the cemetery gates. Wow. And we're going to talk about this in a minute because this story, we have a couple more stories that kind of fall in line with it. But because there's some interesting things I want to bring up. Ooh, okay. Now, by the 1950s, the cemetery was all but a 
abandoned. Many families had moved their loved ones out of that cemetery, and, and very few new burials were made mm-hmm. there since all the shit started happening. And it had mostly been grown over by just nature in general. Right. In the 50s, the cemetery in that surrounding area was bought up by a mining company, and the company exhumed and relocated the few graves that remained. And as to what became of Carl Pruitt's grave, it's unknown. Some mm. say it was destroyed. Some say it was just relocated to a different place and kind of lost in time. You know, relocated to a place where they don't know the legend. So right. therefore, no one fucks with the grave. So therefore, it kind of... There you go. It just kind of stopped. You know what I mean? And plus, I mean, granted, you could, if you wanted to, you could find this grave probably, but you got to think there's also a thousand proof, you know. There's a website called Find a Grave or something. I almost said Find My Grave. Right. <laughs> it's a little grim. But I went on there and it looks like maybe he's buried in North Carolina, but it could have been a different Carl Pruitt. Like, I don't know. Well, part of me was wondering, like, what if... Now, with some, like, the the, the kid, the cop, the farmer, this, this it doesn't work for those. But, like, in the case of, like, Arthur Lewis and the mother, Miss Collins, like, part of me wondered if it was, like, a copycat killer, like a living mm, person mm-hmm. who was doing this and going by the guise of this curse to kind of get away with it. Right, 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 right. Like, the whole... Especially Arthur, like... Like yeah. the chain from the it doesn't it's not like he tripped and fell into a chain it was it's as if the chain was brought to him to kill him yeah or maybe he would like brought the chain with him just because he unlocked the cemetery gates and that's he was a just good point. he was just holding onto the chain that's actually a really good point and think about that maybe he unlocked it and just kept the chain with him yeah and then the ghost was able or the curse or whatever was able to kill him because there was a chain right there interesting that's a good point i didn't that's even think about that just my guess Especially if he just kind of like draped it over his shoulders while he was working or something or just had it. Yeah, that's a very good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Here's a similar freaky story that comes out of Garland, Texas. Ooh. There you'll find a cemetery called Mills Cemetery and within it, a particular grave that comes with a very scary history. Oh, gosh. It's known as Smiley's Grave. And not just because someone named Smiley was buried there, but because the entire Smiley family was buried there. Oh. In this grave was laid to rest five members of the family who all died on the very same day. What? May 9th, 1927. And here's what the gravestone reads. Smiley, mother, Belle Hall, born October 30th, 1890. Father, Charles Oscar, born March 17th, 1890. Daughters, Lilith Merle, born June 20th, 1914. Greta May, Born October 27, 1915. Charlena, born February 20th, 1926. All died May 9th, 1927. Oh my God. So what happened to this family? Yeah, huh? what the hell? Well, apparently Charles Smiley was a real piece of shit. Oh no. He was violent, treated his family horribly, and apparently one terrible, dark, overcast day, Charles went into a rage, unlike any he had had before, and killed his wife <gasps> and three daughters. Oh my God. Much like Carl Pruitt. Yes. Much like Carl Pruitt, when Charles came to his senses and realized the horrible deeds he had done, overwhelmed with despair, he hanged himself. Okay. Legend has it that the ghost of Charles Smiley stalks the grounds of the cemetery at night looking to kill again. It's said that you can hear a wailing sound in the air and see shadowy apparitions. And when you're close to to the Smiley's family grave, it's said that people are overwhelmed with a sense of sadness. And if they stand too long, they will feel cold grip around their ankle. Oh. Orbs of light are said to bob around the cemetery as well as strange footsteps. People are often dared to lay down on top of the grave. No. 
And soon they'll feel hands on their chest and arms wrap around them. And the legend goes that anyone who does so runs the risk of being dragged to hell <gasps> by Charles Smiley. Now, interesting fact. Apparently on that day, May 9th, 1927, a tornado apparently went through Garland and killed nine people. However, the Smileys are not listed in those nine deaths. Mm -hmm. So think about that. It's, it's almost like death just came to Garland that day. Yes. Between a tornado and then this horrible murder-suicide. Yes, it's that like, is so bizarre. How wild is that? And it's weird that these two family annihilators yeah. have this after effect. I mean, it, and it makes sense, all of that emotion that was exuded in those few minutes. I right. mean, I don't know. It kind of makes sense that there is some sort of residual energy going on. Exactly. Wow. I, I have one more here, and this one's a little different. Okay. This is some... This this is a somewhat similar tale, but very different from Montpelier, Vermont, the capital of the state of Vermont. Oh, yes. At the Green Mount Cemetery. In this graveyard, you'll find a particular grave that reads John Erastus Hubbard, who lived from 1847 to 1899. Now, John was a businessman in, Mont in the Montpelier area and apparently was known to be a bit of a cheapskate very stingy with his money. There are reports that he had an aunt die whom he received a considerable fortune. Uh, the source describes it as a contested fortune. Oh. As it sounds like she was gonna give the bulk of her fortune to the town of Montpelier. John, though, was able to inherit the bulk of it. His aunt's wish, though, was that the fortune be used to erect a library there in Montpelier. Oh. So as a sign of good faith, John put up the money to erect this library. However, he did so at a third of the cost oh, God. that his aunt had originally envisioned. Of course. So general consensus around the town was that this guy was greedy and just not a nice person in general. Yeah. So John passed away at the age of 53 in 1899. And while he was known to be stingy in life, his death was quite the opposite. Oh. John went all out and paid for a very elegant tomb. Oh. But it wasn't just a tomb. On top of it sits a copper statue in his honor. Oh, wow, okay, In wow. fact, a man named William Paul Dillingham, who was, I guess, governor of Vermont for two years from 1888 to 1890, he was sort of a personal friend of John Hubbard's and was put in charge of erecting this, mm -hmm. this statue. He commissioned an Austrian-born sculptor named Carl Bitter, who resided in New Jersey. This copper statue is of a man sitting clothed in flowing garments, and on the statue itself is inscribed the word Thanatos, which is Greek for death. Oh. The figure is often mistaken as female, though it is intended to be male. It's backed by a cement frame that is inscribed with an excerpt from the Cullen Bryan poem Thanatopsis, which translates to thoughts on death. And the excerpt reads, Thou go not like the quarry slave at night, scourged to his dungeon, but sustained and soothed by an unfaltering trust. Approach the grave like one who wraps the drapery of his couch about him and lies down to pleasant dreams. Now, it's been reported that at night, the eyes of this statue will glow red <gasps> and screams can be heard somewhere in the dark. Worst of all, legend has it, anyone who sits on the lap of this statue will soon die themselves. Oh, weird. Wow, that is very weird, weird. Right? And that's kind of a weird one, too, because it seems like maybe he didn't kill anyone, at yeah, least that we know of in his life. Yeah, this a little bit different. This was just sounds like he was kind of like a Scrooge, like yes. a, you know what I mean? Very interesting. Well, Dylan, thank you so much for doing all of that, you know, spooky, scary research. Of course, thank you. It was my honor. Yeah, what a great, fun episode. Let us know what you guys think. Do you have any theories? Have you heard of any haunted cemeteries or haunted grave sites in your town or anything like that? We want to hear 
hear Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. We went to that one in Green Lake the last year. Yeah, in the, Green Lake, Wisconsin. Right? It's one of the most haunted cemeteries in the state. And we went there. It was very, very yeah. cool. So yeah, let us know. We're interested. You feel free to DM us on social media or email us at creepstreetpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. And of course, I saved the best for last. Oh, you always do. Ladies and gentlemen, the names of our top tier Patreon subscribers. Of course, the dream James Watkins, the Finnish face via a lung fist, the madman Marcus Hall, the vivacious Vicky McHugh, the tenacious Teresa Hackworth, the heartbreak kid Chris Hackworth, the oh-so-suave Sean Richardson, the British bonebreaker Bex Martin, the notorious Nicholas Barker, the terrifying Taylor Lashmet, the Count of Cool Cameron Corliss, the Archduke of Attitude Adam Archer, the sinister Sam Kiker, the nightmare of New Zealand Noeline Vivilli, the loathsome Johnny Love, and the carnivorous Kevin Bogey. Thank you so much for reading those names, and thank you so much to our Patreon donors. If you want to join them, please feel free to check out patreon.com slash creepstreetpodcast. That's right. Another way to help the podcast out is just to like, rate, subscribe, tell a friend about it, share it on social media. All of these things really do add up and help spread the word of Creep Street, and we so appreciate that. So please, Patreon is not the only way to support. That's right. And what however you do choose to support us we are so grateful and so happy to have you here for the ride citizens of the milky way my name is dylan hackworth i'm maureen bogey good night and goodbye bye As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.